I ask all the time, do you hold company meetings? And when I get this answer, I'm very frustrated. What should I talk about? Folks, what do you think you should talk about? Your, your team needs structure. Your team needs vision. Your team needs to know where you're going with this. That's what you need to talk about. But if you, don't, if you have no idea what to talk about, go around to your team and ask them, what would you like to what would you like to hear at this meeting? What would what would make this meeting successful if you heard blank? Figure it out. Hey, this is Greg McAfee and welcome to the Greg McAfee show. Now let's get started. Hi, Greg McAfee here, and welcome to the Greg McAfee Show. Uh, today, we're going to talk about best practices. We're going to talk about uh, visiting another company in your industry and learning more about their best practices and learning what makes them succeed. And everyone should go visit a company, um, not your not your competitor, but somewhere in your area or even in another state. Go visit someone who's doing things right and learn from them. Uh, so this week I had the privilege of uh, visiting um, Ken Goodrich in uh, Las Vegas. He uh, is CEO of Gettle Air, and uh, what a privilege! What a privilege! Uh, he invited me over, and uh, I flew there with my my best friend and advisor, and we uh, we got to stay um, and learn about. Uh, Gettle Air and just uh, how they do things and their operation and their uh, their systems and procedures and and their best practices and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, so we also have um, if you're a member of the ACCA, uh, if you're in heating and air and you're a member of the ACCA and if you're in plumbing or electrical, you have your own uh, groups and uh, associations. But the ACCA has something pretty neat. It's it's called a mix group, and uh, you uh, you basically uh, join a group that um, you really want to join a group with um, half the companies bigger than you, and and half the companies about the same size, and maybe just a few uh, you know a little smaller than you. And uh, so um, because you want to learn, you want to learn from the bigger companies. You also want to learn from the smaller companies. I'm going to talk about this today is, uh, you know, sometimes the smaller companies have the greatest ideas. They just don't have the capital to, uh, fund those ideas. Uh, but when they share those ideas, you're like, you know what? I could do that. Uh, great idea. So in a mixed group, I'm just going to give kudos to the ACCA in the mixed group. You know, you get feedback on a lot of different things. You can, um, on sales, operations, policies, uh, your, your team, your strategy, your facility, because you invite, you invite these guys to your company and they take a tour and that's where you hold your meeting at is your company. And they, they basically get to evaluate your operation. And you've, you've got to have, uh, one of the things I say when I coach, the question is, do you have broad shoulders? Can you take criticism? Well, you know, I mean, nobody takes criticism well, but if you want to grow, you better be able to take it. 
And uh, because um, that's what it's all about is in, in, when, in order to improve, uh, if you played sports as a kid, your coach isn't going to always tell you you're doing well. Okay. Um, he's going to make some corrections and he's going, or she's going to make some corrections and you're going to make a change and you're going to continue to improve. And that's, that's all about business. So you've probably also heard, you know, this could be a peer group, um, or just an individual like me flying to Las Vegas from, from, uh, Ohio and spending a, a woo, spending a couple days, um, and learning more. Um, I brought back, there were hundreds of things I could have brought back, but I always challenge people in my in my boot camps, in my business revivals, um, pick three. Pick three things that you can implement that will change your business that you can actually do so it doesn't stress out your staff, your team, too much. Uh, because you can just sit there and write down things all day long, but if you pick uh, two or three key things that you can make a change on, it'll, it'll change your whole business. It'll change your life. So... When we talk about best practices, uh, Wikipedia defines best practices as a method or technique that has generally been accepted as superior to any other alternatives because it produces the results. And and that's what we're talking about today, best practices. So I would like to uh, talk about uh, some processes of best practices that will help you be more successful, grow your business, and always help you sleep better at night. Because when you sleep better at night, uh, you can operate a much more efficient business um, when you're not worrying about things. Because when you put these practices into place, you're going to make more money, you're going to have a better, a stronger team, and you're going to be able to get to that next level. So number one is set specific goals. Um before you can see any meaningful improvement, before anything can happen, you have to set um, goals. You need to set goals that what are you striving for? What do you want to be in one year, three years, five years, 10 years? And you have to write them down. It's been proven time and time again. When you write your goals down, um, you're more likely to hit your goals. And uh, so I write them down on a list. It, it is so strong that at one time, several years ago, I wrote down five goals and actually did what you're not supposed to do, and I put them in a drawer. And I put them in a, a, our, per, our desk at home, my home office, in my home. And my wife pulled it out about three years later, and she goes, come here, I want you to see this. And it was the five goals that I wrote down. Four out of five I nailed, and I was still working on the fifth. So when... When you write down your goals, basically your brain just goes to work. You're telling your brain, this is what I want to accomplish. Now, if you look at it more often, it's definitely going to help. But God made our brain so sophisticated that if you tell it what to do, it will do its best to try to make it happen. And that's just how it works. That's a fact that's been proven time and time again. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. But I do know that writing goals down uh, make a big difference in your life. So... Number two, deliver high-quality customer service. We've talked about this. Uh, customer service is number one priority in a business. If you don't take care of people, you're not going to be in business long. And uh, no matter what type of goals you set, you won't be able to achieve those if you don't take care of business because business is founded upon taking care of people. We take care of our customers, and we take care of 
of our team, and uh, and it gets us it gets us where we want to be, and it and it and it strengthens our business, and it it's a much uh, more pleasant place to work. It's pleasant to do business with a company who takes care of people, and uh, so set specific goals, deliver high quality service. And uh, number three is stay organized. Uh, very important. There, there's uh, several companies out there that are just unorganized. They don't have a specific time they start the day, and they don't have um, pr- procedures or processes in place that for their systems, for their st- uh, stock, for their inventory, for for their day. Um, I talk I talk to contractors all the time. And I I, uh, I interview their their team, and I've heard their team say we come in every morning. There's no plan. Uh, sometimes we have to uh, drive to the supply house to pick up our equipment, and sometimes they don't even have our equipment in stock. That is called disorganization. That is not being organized. That's not helping your team. That's not helping your efficiency, and it's definitely not helping you make money. So organization is an important trait of any successful business, and it's no different in your business. Um, when you set systems in place, and you um, in every aspect of your business, and I I challenge people all the time. You start with the the early time of the day, and you go through all the way through the end, and you go through every department. And that might sound tough, but it's not as tough as you think, because your team will help you do this. Whether you're a team of five or, or a team of 500, your team will help you do this. They know what they want, and they don't want unorganized, uh, an, un, an unorganized place to work. It's not, it's not a good place to work. Um, you don't get much accomplished. And uh, you create processes, how to organize paperwork, how to schedule appointments, how to run meetings. I ask all the time, do you hold company meetings? And when I get this answer, I'm very frustrated. What should I talk about? Folks, what do you think you should talk about? Your your team needs structure. Your team needs vision. Your team needs to know where you're going with this. That's what you need to talk about. But if you don't if you have no idea what to talk about, go around to your team and ask them, what would you like to what would you like to hear at this meeting? What would what would make this meeting successful if you heard blank? Figure it out. But there's a whole agenda for our meetings. We have a we have a complete agenda. And I have I, I speak for one hour. It's called TWG, Time with Greg. But our meetings are very organized. They're very structured. You know when it starts and you know when it's gonna end. And honestly, we don't go over. Everyone's time's valuable. And yes, we pay people to be at our meetings. There's meeting pay. And we have we want everyone on the same page. So we have company meetings, we have departmental meetings, we have little powwows, we have little huddles, we have leadership team meetings. Meetings are important. I got stuck on meeting cuz meetings are very important. Now, you don't have a meeting just for meeting's sake. But you have to have a meeting to get across what you need to discuss with your team, we have Monday morning meetings. Every Monday morning, we have a Monday morning meeting with the leadership team. We discuss the week, where we want to be, what's happening. Um, 
Training. You got to have organized training. You got to have structured training. When you bring new people on board, everybody I talk to has problems finding good people, but then you find someone good who you can train and you don't know how to train them and they get frustrated and they leave and they go to another company that actually has training procedures. Set specific goals, deliver high quality uh, customer service, stay organized and read into the numbers. That's your financial numbers, folks. That's your metrics. Every business has to do some sort of bookkeeping. And I and I, I talk to contractors, and, and a lot of times uh, they're trying to do their own bookkeeping on some software that they truly don't understand. The first thing, the, one of the smartest things I did and I wasn't that smart. The first, one of the smartest things I did when I opened up McAfee Heating and Air was hire a bookkeeper. Day one, we hired a bookkeeper. She set up my books. She just happened to be my sister-in-law, but I had a bookkeeper. And, and I kept that bookkeeper. She did my books for several years until we got um, big enough where it was taking too much of her time and then we we got a an accountant, and um, you know today we have a CPA firm who handles all that. But I've also got an accounting manager. I've got an accounting uh, team, and we have um, in other companies. When I when I was at uh, Ghetto Air, I mean they have their own um, executive office, and there were there were several people in their accounting office. They had accounting managers. They had accounting um, assistants. They they had they had several people in there. It's very important. Your numbers are important. And most and most uh, small business owners say I don't understand numbers. Well, I didn't either, and I still don't understand every number. But I do understand the numbers I need to know. There are certain numbers that I need to know. I take full advantage of data. We have tons of data. Take full advantage of it. You know, there, there, there are certain numbers you need to know in your business. You know, you might want to know how much revenue you brought in today. You might, you might want to know um, your average job cost today. You might want to know your net profit. Very important, right? You might want to know, you, there's, a, there's a handful of numbers, and we call those, you get that, on a, on, a, on a snapshot or a dashboard. And every day I receive a, a certain numbers that I need to see every day. Every week I see certain numbers I need to see every week. And then I need to see the financial statement because let's face it, sometimes I'll ask uh, business owners, do you get a financial statement? And some say no. So I don't know. I don't know how you can operate without a financial statement without seeing your numbers. But some say, yeah, I get one. How often do you get one? Well, my bookkeeper or whoever um, gives me a copy every two or three months. Guys, that, that, that doesn't cut it. You can't operate a business that way. Um, we, we have, you know, the financial statement's already in the rears. I mean, it's yesterday. So you want it as soon as possible. So if you do see trends in certain areas, you can make changes for the next month. By, by the time you get your financial statement every three months or so, you've already lost a lot of money because it's you've had you haven't had the opportunity to make the change. So 
You need a fi- you need a financial statement every month. You need a dashboard maybe every day, at least every week. It depends on the size of your company. And some of you guys are on it. You're you're bigger than we are, and you're you're more organized than we are, and you get that. I don't know about organized, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so read into the numbers. Harness the power of the numbers. There's power in those numbers. You, it'll make a difference in your business. Now, that's why we let more than just one set of eyes look at our numbers. We, we want someone to say, hey, I, I'm seeing something here. I'm seeing a trend or what happened here. Excuse me. The numbers will tell you the facts. They will tell you the facts of your business. I ask guys, how much do you think you did this month? Of course, they don't have a financial statement. They have no idea, or they don't. They don't get a dashboard. They don't get anything. They have no idea, and they go, oh, "I think we did such and such." And you know, typically, when a business owner says, "I think we did," they're way off. I know I am. Um, number five, recruit the best talent, folks. There's, like I said, there's a shortage of of uh, technicians. There's a shortage of installers. There's a shortage in your business. Um, whether it's landscaping or lawn care or roofing, um, there's a shortage. So when you do find people, you recruit the best. See, we just don't hire bodies. Bodies is, you know, it's not going to work out well. Um, so we really have fine-tuned our interviewing process to find the best people we can't. We can't. So we want to um, we want to recruit. No, never never underestimate the power of a good hire. When you hire good, you have better results. And well, what, you know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Steve Jobs said we hire smart people not to tell them what to do, but for them to tell us what to do. When you have the right uh, people working for your business, you will really thrive. And it hiring and and for the best is 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 a great practice, not just a good practice. It's a great practice. Um, number six, show appreciation for your staff. You know, I like I said, these days it's hard enough to find employees, and a pay just giving them a paycheck anymore doesn't cut it. Yes, they do. Yes, they earn their paycheck. But just you giving it to them is not enough. Um, you've got to come up with ways your staff needs, your team needs appreciation. They need spiffs. They need perks. But they also need a thank you. Whether it comes from you or your management team, they need thank you. They need a little thank you card. They need a little gift card. Um, even a just a, a card to... Uh, Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks to get them a coffee. That kind of stuff goes a long way. You've got to appreciate your team. Um, they need to know that you appreciate them because they are the ones that keep your business running. You take out your team and and you have no business. So take care of them. They they appreciate it, and and they will they will bend over backwards for you when you take care of them. And then, you know, measure results. Once you've implemented, once you've implemented some of these six items that I talked about, you will become more profitable. 
And um, you'll never know the answer, though, if you don't closely measure results. You've heard the saying, inspect what you expect, because if you don't inspect it, it won't happen. A lot of times it won't happen. Um, if you don't measure results, you you won't know how to gauge anything. So measure results. If, if you say, I don't understand how to measure results, find someone who does and learn from them. Again, that's why we visit other companies. That's why we have a business coach. Everybody, I feel everyone needs a business coach. Everyone needs a mentor. Everyone needs to attend seminars. Ken Goodrich is running a $170 million company, and he's not stopping there. His goal is not just to stop there. But if you ask Ken how important it is to attend classes and seminars, he, he will tell you the same thing. It's very important, and he still does it. It's not beyond him to continue to learn. Every time someone comes through Gettle for a tour, something's taken away. In other words, he learns from them. He's not done learning. As soon as you're done learning, it's over. You're done. It's history. If you think you know it all, you're even done faster. So measure results. Number eight, you have to have employee performance. You have to take care of your team. You have to give them regular reviews. We have two reviews at McAfee. We, we have a, a regular review um, where we go over everything and the potential of what they can make. And then we have another review uh, where they actually can, where they actually get an increase if it's if it's earned. So we let them know, and we actually meet with them monthly because at McAfee we have a lot of tier ratings. So they know when they when they have uh, earned all their tier check marks on that tier, they're going to get an increase no matter what. So we give increases on a monthly basis, and uh, you know, employee performance is. Um, deserves an increase. You perform and you get. And I guess, you know, another thing I, I totally agreed, and this is how I think, but I liked at Ghetto Air, um, performance gets you the best calls. Performance get you it gets you the top calls. It's not about seniority. It's the one who hustles the most. And and that's the same way at McAfee. When you're hustling, you know, we've got we've got some maintenance techs that are hustling, and they have uh, fewer options um, of upselling than our service techs do, but some of them are beating our service techs. They're hustling. They're making it happen. So we take care of them. They're, they're moving up the ladder. They're moving up in pay. They deserve it. They earned it. Number nine. Delegate tasks. You got to delegate. Started at a kitchen table. I built a garage. 24 by 24 garage. I split it down the middle. It was half office, half warehouse. I wore every hat. I wore every hat there is to wear. I hired my first employee. He was a helper. 
He helped me install. Uh, you know, he would help. He would help in many different ways. He was with me a long time. He was with me ten years. And um, he married someone, and her dad had a small heating and air company, and he took that over. But uh, he was with me ten years. That was a uh, that was my first helper. Um, but I had to delegate. I had to learn to delegate. I had to delegate to him. Eventually, I hired another helper, and um, I would leave uh, Scott on the job with the helper, and I would go do other things. But I wore every hat. And in order to grow, and I probably did it way too slow, but in order to grow, I had to start taking off hats. So I took off the install hat. I took off the service hat. I took off the answering phone hat. I took uh, the last hat I took off was the sales hat. You know, I just thought I was the best salesman in the world. After all, I owned the place. My name's on the door. And they would say, oh, we get the owner. I'd knock on the door. Oh, we get the owner. But that didn't mean I was the best salesperson. And when I hired some professional salespeople, I realized they outsold me big time. So I got to take off that sales hat, but that was hard. Uh, That was a hard hat to take off because I really enjoyed sales. And then I realized I had to put some new hats on because I, when I, when I started taking courses, I took a president's course twice and I realized I wasn't delegating properly. I was micromanaging and I wasn't delegating properly. But when I finally, when it finally clicked for me, excuse me, when it finally clicked for me, I started putting on new hats I started putting on the the visionary hat, the true visionary hat. I put on um, my leadership manager hat. Teach my leadership team how to teach their teams. Teach my leadership team how I think. And then, of course, I just love branding, marketing, and advertising. So I dabble in that. Um, I have professional people who help me, but I love dabble. I love creative ideas. I love coming up with creative ideas. I love hearing creative ideas. And so all those other hats, someone else wears. Ken Goodrich wore every hat, but he also read the E-Myth before I did, but he just didn't read it. He bought into it. He breathed it. He lived by it, and he put systems in place, and he taught people that you would never hire to install a system. This is how you install one through a hundred. I want it done this way, and they would do it that way. And those, you know, that was that's the e, that's the e myth concept is working on your business and not in your business. And and when you grasp that, it'll change your life. It'll change your business. And number ten, answering phones. You know, that's answering the phone is the first real touch with a customer. In other words, if a brand new customer's never called your company and they call in, that's the first live touch 
Yeah, they might have seen your advertising. They, they might have heard of you. They might have even, even had a referral to you. But this is the first live touch. So how your phone is answered is very important. And I, I told someone this the other day, but I had been in business, you know, pr- you know, probably 15 years, and we started buying from a competitor uh, parts because they carried all the parts for a certain brand, and I could get them faster through that company than I could the manufacturer. But when I would call, I'm going to make up a name here, but when I would call their company, um, a relative of the company would answer with a crackly voice, Williams. Is this Williams Heating? Yes. I'm, I'm talking, it was sad. They were a larger company. They were. Okay. Follow me. They were a larger company. Today they're not. Companies have surpassed them because the Williams doesn't work anymore. Okay. You got to be professional, you got to want to talk to the customer. Thank you for calling McAfee's. How may I help you today? You've got to want to talk to that customer. You've got to be friendly. We put mirrors next to each CSR desk so they can look at themselves and smile. And when you smile, your voice changes. You notice that? So you've got to want to talk to the customer. You've got to want to serve the customer. We're serve. We're servers. We serve people. And we want to help people. And when you start doing that, it'll change your business. Sure, everyone has customer service problems, but we solve them and we move on. But we still love people. We still serve people. That's what we do. That, that's what we do. It's not, it's not about heating or air or plumbing or roofing or anything else. It's about serving people. When you serve people, your business will prosper, period. So how you answer your phones is very important. When's the last time you heard how your phone was answered? That's a great question. What do you what do people say on the phone? Do they actually have a script that they that they either follow or use at times? Do do they know to, do they know what to do when there is a problem with a customer? Do they handle it or do they pass it on to someone else who can handle it properly? All those things matter. You say I only have one person in my office. Well, have you trained them how to handle problems? Have you trained them how to answer phones? I coached someone for a long time, and he went through two or three different people in his office and never would train them properly before he let them answer the phone. When you come into McAfee as a customer service, a customer service person at McAfee right now is the call center, is, is, the, is, the, is the scheduler, is the dispatcher. They do, they do all. That's just how we operate right now at, at Gettle. They have their own call center, and then they have multiple different groups who handle different things. It's a a smooth operation. Well, McAfee is a smooth operation. We just do things a little differently right now. But everything matters. What, What they training them properly. So when we hire someone, a new CSR at McAfee, um, they might not be able to answer the phone for a week or two. And then that's all they do is answer the phone and put them on hold. And then eventually we'll let them go a little further and a little further and a little further. But it matters. We want them to fully understand how to talk, what to say, how to say it, 
how to handle it, when to pass it on, all those kind of things matter. When you start doing that, again, it'll change your business, it'll change your life. And you need to, it'll increase your profitability. So we get ideas, we get ideas from other people, we share ideas um, with other people. And that's that helps grow our company. So I want you to think about this. Finding best practices is simply taking the time to research what you're planning to do and finding the best way to get it done. I'll read this again. Finding best practices is simply taking the time to research what you're planning to do and then finding the best way to get it done. And we learn from other people. We don't know it all. Most business owners started because they were a great technician or a great installer or something. They don't know a whole lot about business. I know I didn't. I didn't know, I didn't know enough about business. I, 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 did, I just didn't know a whole lot about business. And uh, so you have to learn. You have to be taught. You have to be hungry. I hope this helps. I hope you set up an appointment today with a company. Um, several people uh, call me or text me or email me, and they want to take a tour, and I always make time for that. There's other companies out there that do the same thing. Um, everybody wants to. Everybody should want to help the industry get better, and that's what it's all about. Your industry, my industry, um, visiting people, best practices, um, it goes on and on and on, and, and everyone has a, a different way, and you can learn something from everyone. I hope this helps. Have a great day, and carry on.